Yo, what up to all my pimps and players out there on their Android prepaid cell phones? I just want to recognize all the people watching this right now that don't have unlimited data. I want to personally thank you because I know most of y'all with your Metro PCS phones have very low data limits and you have to choose your content wisely. So once again, thank you to all my Boost Mobile players in the chat. One day things will get better and you will make it to the unlimited data plan, my dog. Just keep hustling and grinding every day, and you too will get that T-Mobile iPhone unlimited data life, my man. So keep grinding, fellas. I also want to give a shout out to my boy, Donald J. Trump. Unfortunately, one of America's greatest presidents is getting locked up for smashing a baddie with double D titties, and this is not okay. The fact that it is now illegal to put a beautiful blonde sex worker into doggy style and give her the best seven minutes of her life is an absolute disgrace. This entire country was built on sex. Literally none of us would even be here if it wasn't for the sweet love making our parents did to get us here. Maybe Donald was trying to make another baby. And just because he wanted to hook up with Stormy and give her a little going away president, our 45th president is now going to Rikers Island to rot away like Morgan Freeman and Shawshank Redemption. This is ridiculous. And if the corrupt New York City District Attorney's Office ever try to arrest me for nailing some blonde baddie with some big old titties, then I may have to run to Venezuela in order to avoid prosecution because me and my big chested lady was just in New York knocking boots like Stormy and Donnie did. But you ain't never gonna catch me, Alvin Bragg, because I'm a pimp on a blimp and I live by the code of sky law. Anything done floating above 30 feet in the air is legal. And that especially means going to pound town with exotic porn stars. I love you so much, Donnie, and I love you too, Stormy. We will hold things down while you're locked up and I know it would mean a lot to President Trump if you guys could type, free my boy Trump, in the chat. Let's go save our president. How does that sound, fellas? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. I'm your host, Alejandro Steen, and I'm here tonight all in one piece, thankfully, because let's be honest, I just got back from the one, the only Gotham City, and I almost didn't make it out alive. You think I'm kidding, but we have more content to show this week than we've ever had since the start of Prime Time with Alex Stein. So, be on the lookout for a lot more content that we're going to share. But, but the first video and the first clips I want to show from this weekend was from the unfair prosecution of Donald J. Trump. Now, whether you like Donald Trump or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I love the guy. But what I'm saying is, if you cannot see that this is a political prosecution done because he doesn't align ideologically with Alvin Bragg or the deep state, that's why they got to take Trump out. So listen, let's just be real. I mean, the left wing and the right wing, they're on the same bird, and that bird is going to crash through a plate glass window because even the people on the right, the Kevin McCarthy's, the establishment rhinos, I don't see them coming out to defend Donald Trump enough. I mean, you and I can only do so much, but there's lawmakers that are in D.C. that could actually do something about this, and the only person that I hear even making a peep about it is my girl, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's actually at the court building today doing... A little bit of a, you know, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, a rally, I guess, in support of Donald Trump. But what I was at yesterday was I was at Donald Trump's first uh, entrance back into New York City since he'd been indicted. So I'd like to kind of roll the tape and, and kind of give you guys an overview on what my day was like Monday in Manhattan. Oh, you part of the fake news too? <laughs> so this video did really well. I can't believe it. So I, if I would have known this video would have been that popular, I would have gone even harder. But so this is Primetime 99 hanging out. You, you see the people, they love me. I'm a man of the people. I'm like baby Trump. I walk out there, people are yelling, people are hugging. We're having a good time. That's what the energy was like yesterday. It was a lot of fun, a lot of joy. Hernandez Even though we're mad that the president's getting Trump illegally Tyler prosecuted, you know, it was actually kind of like a, almost like a concert vibe. So then you're gonna see me here. This is me inside of Trump Tower, because I'm a pimp on a blimp. I go straight in. Everybody else is on the outside, not VIP Primetime 99. I go in the bitch, and I report from inside Trump Tower the day Donald Trump arrived there to get arrested. I'm standing with my boy Donald Trump today. He does not deserve to get indicted. He's gonna, we're going to beat them charges. We're going to beat them charges. Free my boy Trump. 
Look at this. Look. Y'all ain't never been in Trump Tower. Look, I'm out there yelling, causing a scene, defending my boy. I'd like to see your bitch ass do that. Okay, no, this is the bitch ass fake news media. And this is when I started yelling and heckling them. And this is why CNN was live on air. And we actually were able to interrupt their broadcast and make them go back to the studio. So listen to a little bit of the, uh, of the language that I use. Facts, come to the earth. Hunter Biden the crackhead. Facts. Never going to talk about those business deals. Hunter Biden's a crackhead. News will not cover that. Hunter Biden smokes Silent. Crack. You guys, you can smoke Who cares crack about the crack? I'm just mad that they say that the laptop's fake, fake when news. we know it's real. Oh, are you part of the fake news, too? Yeah, Hunter Biden's a crackhead. Yeah. Y'all know Hunter Biden smokes crack? Look at Y'all, y'all don't want to say, what about the laptop? Remember y'all said that laptop was fake? Remember and this is the top real? news media Remember company on cable, real, or at least they say they will, not in the ratings. This is CNN. I mean, this is the establishment media calling them out to their face. They are shook like little schoolgirls getting sent to the principal's office. And guess what? It's principal pride time 99, and you're all getting suspended when I walk in the room. Your freaking broadcast immediately suspended. You can't shut down pride time 99. You can't shut me down. I'm a real pimp on a blimp. I'm like these liars. These people are disgusting. They won't ever talk about Hunter Biden. They don't ever talk about the business deals in Ukraine. But they want to sit here and talk about a misdemeanor bullcrap deal. Talk about the truth. Talk about the truth. You don't talk about the truth. No. You're all liars. You're pathetic. You cover. You guys cover for a corrupt government. Yes. You're trying to do Fact. fake news, not in front of me. No fake news in front of Not in front of prime time. No, I'm going to try to do fake news. I'm going to shut it down. Not today. No fake news of me. Not when 99 Alex dies in town. When I come from Texas, the fake news stops. I'm not going to let it happen on my watch. The same media. They will not talk about Jeffrey Epstein. They're not going to talk about myocarditis. They're not going to talk about a lot of stuff, right? The the media will just stay silent. don't want to talk about that. And when you call them out. I see with Ukrainian prostitutes. You don't want to talk about that. If y'all investigate, why don't y'all investigate Jeffrey Epstein? Why don't you investigate who he's sex trafficking to? You guys don't do that. Y'all are fake. Y'all are the fake news media liars. Fact. Who did Jeffrey Epstein sex traffic people to? I'd like to know because Ghislaine Maxwell's in jail for 25 times? years, but she didn't sex traffic any that. of these children to anybody else. else. She just sex trafficked them to herself and Jeffrey Epstein, apparently. Okay, I'm walking. So now you, you got the NYPD. They're all up on my, you know, they're up my button around the corner, as we like to say here in Texas. And it's funny how they're there to protect the fake news media. But we're going to show clips in tomorrow, not tomorrow's night's episode where I actually was assaulted right in front of the NYPD and they didn't do a damn thing about it because all they care about is who's paying their bills. And that's why they protect the liars, the people that are going to tell you that all of uh, Russiagate was real, that Donald Trump has a tape of him getting peed on. These people actually said that. I mean, they are blue anon. You, you make fun of QAnon, they are blue anonymous. They run with every single uh, half-brain freaking conspiracy against the right and they run with it. So, forget about the corrupt mainstream media. You see this? Not in front of me, guys. Not on the prime time with Alex Stein show. So, just just know this. Fake news media, if you're going to broadcast in my zone, anywhere near me, I'm going to get in your face, I'm going to yell, I'm going to scream, I'm going to cause a scene, because I'm prime time 99. And I want to show this, guys. This is Greg Opie Hughes, legendary broadcaster from Opie and Anthony. He's actually a, a, a kind of a, a he calls himself a moderate, not a big Trump fan. I got him to put on the MAGA hat. So, guys, that was just a little snippet of my weekend in New York. And like I said, all week we have a bunch more NYC content. So be on the lookout. All right, guys, Manscaped is here with a deal you can't pass over this Easter season. They've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass. So make sure your downstairs lawn is mowed. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALEX. So guys, put that code in ALEX. It's time to put all your eggs into the perfect basket with the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped. Inside this ball care bunny basket, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, their Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, 
crop, reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is an elite electric trimmer. It has their proprietary advanced skin safe technology that is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is also waterproof and equipped with an LED light so you can keep eyes on those eggs even in the dark. Trust me, I need that because I'm always doing it when it's really late at night. So the Easter Bunny dropped off an extra special gift with the performance package by adding the upgraded Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. This package also comes with their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Yeah, you heard that right. This is ball deodorant that can change your life. April is Easter, but it is also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Lance Armstrong. Manscaped has partnered with Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men, in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for firefighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of the We Save Balls initiative. Remember, save 20% off and free shipping with the code Alex at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping with the code Alex at manscaped.com. Hop into the best deal of the year with Manscaped. And go use that code, guys. Primetime 99. I got to get paid and get laid. We need you to go support all of our advertisers, especially Manscaped. All right, folks. Now we have an incredible next guest. He's known as a sports journalist, podcaster, and media personality, but he's much more, to, more than that. And he hosts a show, Fearless, with Jason Whitlock. But listen, Jason is a trailblazer. He's a guy that's not afraid to speak against the status quo. So for having that power and having that pride to be himself it's an honor and a privilege just to have you on the show what's up jason how are you prime time stein 99 why did it take so long for me to get on your show so i could grind i know it's funny you say that because you're actually long story short we we need to get mad at my freaking uh, producer jimmy you're supposed to be on in the first week long story short we didn't get you on in the first week and so now it's been kind of a cluster but we got you jason i consider you a mentor of mine i've been watching you you've been on the mainstream you know fox you've been you've been on every freaking alphabet agency cable company what is going on? Why are we mad at Angel Reese for doing the face thing? I mean, is that fake outrage? To me, it seems a little, no, I'm serious. It seems like fake outrage. Is it real or is it fake? I think it's real. You didn't have a problem with it. I know you're kind of an in-your-face guy, but that was poor sportsmanship, Alex. Yeah, but Jason, I got to cut you off. I got to cut you off right now. Nobody wants sportsmanship anymore. We want dancing. We want touchdown dances. We want taunting. We want personal fouls. I love it. No, no, listen, <laughs> I did a whole mono yesterday column about this is Tiger Woods coming to basketball. And I'm talking about Caitlin Clark, little white girl. No one expects her to be the best ball player. She plays an exciting brand of basketball. People that had no interest in women's basketball now are interested because of Caitlin Clark. And you got the little black girl, Angel Reese. She's jealous of all the attention that this little female Tiger Woods is getting. And just like uh, Fuzzy Zeller did when Tiger won the Masters, Angel Reese tried to dirty up uh, <laughs> Caitlin Clark's uh, moment and name and just the whole nine and threw a little petty jealousy, you know, taunting tantrum after winning the championship. First thing you're thinking about is going and getting in the opponent's face rather than celebrating with your teammate. I don't blame people for being upset, and we know for a fact, and I, you know, I don't really like talking about things this way, but you're forced to. If it had been the other way, if Caitlyn had won and she went and got in a little black girl's face and taunted her in, in the most devastating loss of her career, we know what the left would have done with that. They would have said Caitlyn was a member of the KKK and one of the worst people on the planet. But, you know, anyway... No, I think you're no, right. I don't have a problem with being upset about what Angel Reese. No, no, but you're right. But tell me about this, Caitlin Clark. You know, she's a great athlete. She did. She de definitely deserves my respect. So she earned it through this tournament because I didn't know who she was. And seeing how incredible she was, she definitely balled out. But now you see the vice president, excuse me, the first lady, Jill Biden, wants to invite both teams 
to the White House. Now, come on, Jason. You can't you can't be cool with both teams going to the White House. No, I think that's ridiculous. But I also think it's very smart on Jill Biden and the Biden administration. They're playing politics. The Iowa caucus is the first presidential primary of the election cycle. She's reaching out to voters in Iowa. And she's also, just quite honestly, she's reaching out to the LGBTQIA plus silent P alphabet mafia (laughs) because the women's basketball caters to lesbians and drag queens. I know nothing about uh, uh, Caitlin Clark's sexuality. I don't want to know anything about it. But I think that Jill Biden is, is sitting out there. If you go look, she went to the game with Jill, uh, I mean, with uh, Billie Jean King and a bunch of other alphabet mafia soldiers. And they're sitting there. How do we exploit this? Caitlin Clark's about to be the biggest deal in sports, the biggest deal in college sports. How do we make sure we get her on our team, on the Democrat team? They control culture and they like to have little puppet strings on all the big stars that are popular in pop pop culture. And so they're going after they're targeting Caitlin Clark and trying to get her on that Democratic plantation. It's actually kind of smart by the Bidens and the Democrats. Yeah, I had to give them a little bit of credit. They actually are, you know, playing this kind of weird social, I don't even know, because I, I don't want to call it a culture war. I think that's what we call it on the right. But how the left is able to get these people like Dylan Mulvaney, who's, you know, terrible. They're actually good at, I guess, wielding social media influence. So I think you're right. Like, they see the benefit, the optics of it. So you're right. So let's, <laughs> t- let's talk about your favorite athlete, LeBron James. <laughs> Do athletes know anything about politics? Because I know you, you know, you're a sports guy, and now we've almost been forced to be political. And I'm kind of like you, I'm almost kind of anti-political, or at least I was a lot of my life, and now it's kind of forced to be political. But do sports and politics mix, in your opinion? They do now. Mm -hmm. We don't have a choice. But, yeah, I came up not really paying attention to politics and trying to stay out of it. Me too. They forced me to address it and force me to get knee deep and involved in it. We, we have no choice. D- does LeBron James know anything about politics? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm not sure if LeBron James knows anything really about anything other than <laughs> basketball, but you know, he's worth a lot of money. He's got a lot of social media influence. And so the Obamas, the Clintons recruited him on their team. I don't think it took much recruiting. Uh, but but they got LeBron on their team, and so he pretends to know something about politics, and they put him in interview situations with people like Don Lamont, and he gets <laughs> to sit there and pretend like he's saying something articulate. LeBron has a you know real tough struggle just conjugating subject and verb, getting past the first page of a book. Look, if I had as much athletic talent as LeBron James, I'd probably be just as stupid as LeBron James because it's actually the smart thing to develop your physical skills, take advantage of your physical gifts, make all that money. I get why LeBron's an idiot. I just wish he had the self-awareness to realize he's Jeff Bodine. <laughs> that may be an old reference that you, you may not even... Do you know who Jeff Bodine is? That is from Beverly the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, yeah, Beverly Hill. That's who LeBron James is. <laughs> I don't know. Who's Jeff Bodine? What is that? Why does that sound familiar? Because yeah. he's from the... TV show, popular TV called the the Beverly Hillbillies. He's a big. So I'm saying it was in the so I was right. No, it is in the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, okay, right. yeah. okay, yeah. okay. But no, listen, now let's talk about sports because I got you a great sports, oh. brilliant mastermind. I love Kyrie Irving. I don't care what anybody says. I love Kyrie Irving. He goes to the Mavericks and the Mavericks sucked. Is Kyrie Irving good? I mean, I know he's one with LeBron in Cleveland, but is Kyrie Irving as good as they say? I like him personally, but the Mavericks got worse when they got him, and and I hate that for this the is- team. This is way on the outside looking in. I don't follow the team that closely. I was never a fan of the Jason Kidd hiring. I don't think Jason Kidd's a great coach. That's way on the outside. I haven't paid close enough attention. But should Luka Doncic and, and, and Kyrie Irving be a dynamic combination that should work? Absolutely. But you got to put them with the right coach and a guy that knows how to exploit them. I don't think that's Jason Kidd. I think Rick Carlisle was actually a tremendous coach. He wore out his welcome. They needed to move on from him. But you need that type of coach. You don't need just some former jock that's in there doing locker room talk. You need a guy that's 
really good with X's and O's to command these guys' attention and get the best out of them, put them in the best position to, to perform and play. I don't think that's it. I'm like you. I'm a Kyrie Irving fan. I love that he didn't take the jab. I love that he didn't back down uh, when, when they suspended him over, you know, nothing, over tweeting out a movie poster. So I'm rooting for Kyrie Irving, but it's not going well. And, you know, he, he probably does deserve some blame, but I'm putting most of it on Jason Kidd. Okay, Jason, you know, some of the most incredible, I would say, sports debates now, you know, I guess Stephen A. Smith takes – the crown, even though, you know, I'm kind of indifferent about Stephen A. Smith. I'm kind of sick of him. I like Max. But you and Marcellus uh, Wiley, who's an ex-great NFL player, played for the Chargers, played for the Cowboys. Now I look at Marcellus, a lot of his uh, uh, tweets and his Instagrams, he's kind of red-pilled now. So what do you think? Have you kind of noticed uh, Marcellus uh, Wiley becoming a little more conservative? Have you noticed that at all? I think what Marcellus is is family-pilled. Okay. Marcellus is really into his kids and his family and his wife. Marcellus comes from a great family, very close to his sister. Very, he was very close to his mom, very close to his dad. He comes from a great family, and now he's built his own great family. And I think he just interprets the world through what's best for me and my family, what's best for people that want to have great nuclear families like like I do. And so I, I just see like the whole Black Lives Matter movement, when he read about their goal of destroying the nuclear family, that's when he was like, wow, that's your agenda? There's something wrong here. And I think that opened his eyes to a lot, a broader perspective, like, man, a lot of stuff on the left is anti-family. And so I, I, I'm not... You know, Marcellus probably never be a Republican or consider himself a conservative, but he considered himself a family man, and he comes at the world from that perspective, and that will lead you to figuring out that the left is full of. Can I say shit on your show? Yeah, you can say shit. You can say. <laughs> okay, so tell me. I don't, I don't like to say that on my show. I, I, I keep a. Jason, you go full shock jock. I know, and I know you and I are both. I don't want to go full shock jock. Okay, you don't have to go full shock jock, but I'm saying you and I both loved Howard Stern. Now he stinks, but, you know, talk about this. You dealt with the Hollywood media forever. I mean, like I said, you worked for all the ESPN and all this stuff. So, whoa. Are we ever going to get any truth from the media? I know we're not going to get it from politics, but does the media lie to us, too, when it comes to the sports media world? The media lies at all times. That, that, that's their job to lie to us, to distract us from reality to keep us in a state of delusion and denial about what's really going on in the country. And so that's all forms of media. And it's particularly pervasive in sports media. Yeah. They're not there to cover the truth that they're there to talk about stuff that doesn't matter. That's why, again, a Stephen A. Smith and, and ESPN can promote, Oh my God, a player, a, 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 a Duke volleyball player, allegedly, got called a name at a BYU volleyball match. Let's stop the presses and we must protect Rachel Richardson. And then they'll look at like real stuff that's going on, real racism that's going on and say nothing. Because again, it's just a gimmick. And the whole sports media has turned into a gimmick. And that's why I'm glad, you know, I moved and set up my own shop and partner with the blaze so I could, you know, say what I actually think without having to follow some script or talk about. And again, it's not like they hand you a script, but they just lean you in a certain direction and pretend like, oh my God, if you talk any common sense, if you say Colin Kaepernick's actually an idiot, <laughs> uh, oh my God, that's outside, that's beyond the pale. You know, if you say LeBron James, you know, doesn't read books. Oh, my God, how could you criticize LeBron James? LeBron James is the greatest thing ever. He's, 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 he's Muhammad Ali. He's Jesus Christ. Nah, he's Jethro Bodine. I said that earlier, though. He did. Okay, who is better, though? Uh, who do you say when they say Trump? I mean, excuse me, I'm thinking Trump and Biden. Who is better, uh, uh, Jordan or LeBron? I say Jordan, but who, who do you think? Of course it's Michael Jordan. The guy's 6-0 in NBA Finals and 
never backed away from any competition, didn't go out and build some super team, went through the struggles of taking on the Detroit Pistons and the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers, and ended up winning six championships and becoming the greatest player of all time. LeBron James has done nothing to challenge Michael Jordan standing as the greatest of all time. The only reason why we have this conversation is because, again, the media is built on lies and false narratives, and they've drummed up this false narrative that, oh, LeBron's this close to catching Michael Jordan. No, he's not. He can't catch Michael Jordan. He's played for too many different teams. He's Look at – this is the number one thing. When Michael Jordan left the NBA or throughout his career, he took it to its greatest height. He took the baton from Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and elevated – the game even higher. Look at the game now. Is it better in the LeBron James era or is it worse? Has LeBron turned everybody into a ring chaser and guys just jump from team to team and no one cares about the regular season? That's the biggest indictment of LeBron James. The game's not better during his career than it was before his career. It's actually worse. That's the indictment of LeBron James. Wow, that's pretty deep. And I always like to use this example, or this is how I kind of just came up with it, where you're saying all that real brilliant stuff. I think it comes down to this is Delonte West slept with LeBron James's mother, and Michael Jordan's son is sleeping with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. So if I'm saying, so I think if you look at that, if you have to look at that right there, Michael Jordan's creating babies that are sleeping with NBA Hall of Famers' wives. LeBron James is having his teammates sleep with his wife. So it's just a respect thing. I, I think if you just – is that crazy? Is that too much? Is that too weird of an analogy, Jason? It, it, listen, <laughs> I don't – I'm not a LeBron James fan. I'm not comfortable cracking jokes on his mama. I know. Okay, I apologize to Miss James. <laughs> I want to say you're right. I apologize to Miss James. You know, mamas are, are special people. Uh, I'm, I'm just – I'll giggle and laugh off camera. We can joke about it, but on camera, I, I don't want to. I don't want to tear down LeBron's mom. That's that's very fair, Jason. Stuff. And I, I want to cut you off, Miss James. I apologize. I would never. You've never done anything wrong to me ever. You did not deserve that. So, Miss James, please accept my sincerest apology. But I still don't understand how Scottie Pippen is okay with you know. <laughs> I, don't even get me started with Scottie Pippen. Okay, but listen. So my producer, the one I was telling you about, we got to let you go. You, you didn't even say this though. How about Larza Pippen saying that she, what did she say? They seven, had times seven times a day. a day for 23 some odd years or however long. Hats off to Michael Jordan's son for taking on that challenge. I, I know. I mean, after seven times a day for 25 years, uh, I mean, that is, I was in the used car business. Let's just say that's a lot of mileage. That'd be considered a high mileage vehicle. Okay, but, but this is the thing. This, this is the guy, my producer, he went to Princeton. He thinks he's so smart, but he didn't realize he got in because he's a special needs student. He wants to ask you a question. He's a diehard sports fan. Jimmy, do not mess this up. What is he wearing? Is, hold on. Is that... Is that from the Kim Mulkey collection? What are you wearing? That no, is the Kim Mulkey collection. Yeah, actually, exactly. <laughs> she was wearing a suit that I own because uh, Princeton were the Tigers too. So, but Princeton's oh. a, more more of a sports school and men's basketball. It, 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 Jimmy, let me cut you off. See, me and Jason. Jason went to Ball State. I went to LSU. We went to uh, state schools. We're not one of these Ivy League guys like you. So, it, well, Marcellus it, Wiley played at Columbia. So. Yeah, and he's our arch nemesis, too. We're not Team Marcellus Wiley, you idiot. <laughs> Ask your stupid question so Jason can get well, back to his day. Well, actually, so, uh, Jason, I wanted to clarify, in your intro statement on the teleprompter, I one of your fun facts was Jason Whitlock bench presses more than anyone at the Blaze, and Alex just skipped over it. So uh, that why is true. did you do that? And I wanted to clarify, do you bench press the most at the Blaze? You were an offensive lineman, so you had to move some Not weight. anymore. Not, not anymore. anymore. I'm in bear. I mean, I used to, but not anymore. I think when I was in college, I maxed out around 460 pounds in the bench press. Oh, Damn. Uh, <laughs> but that, that, that is not true anymore. I, I, whew, if I could lift half of that, I think I'd be proud of myself at this point. And Jason, before you go, when you were at Ball State, did y'all run a pass offense or run offense? Run offense. We, we were coached by a former Bo Schembechler Assistant, longtime Bo Schembecker assistant coach Paul Shadell. We preferred to run the ball. 
Well, I wouldn't want ball. you blocking my ass. I know that. I know you would tear me up. Jason, you're a legend, and I'm sorry that it took so long to get you on the show. It's just an honor and privilege. I know where I stand. I know where I stand. Dude, what do you mean, Jason? I would take a I bullet mean, for you. Jason, I would do anything Jason, for you. On first week, Ali Best Stucky was on the first week. Dave Rubin was on the first week. All the big stars were on the first week. Jason, when are you going to Whitlock? You need to come to Dallas so I can get you in studio so we can get, we can really dive deep and do some crazy stuff. But Jason, you're the number one guy here at the Blaze. Everybody says, oh, it's it's a Glenn, even though I love Glenn. Actually, you're number two. Glenn's number one, but you're number two behind Glenn at the Blaze. So that's a high honor because I'm the lowest on the totem pole, Jason. I'm the lowest. As a matter of fact. You deserved it. You earned that. I agree. Even Stu and Chad, they did a podcast the other day where they talked about who the stupidest employee at the entire company was. And it was yours truly. So give me a break. I'm stupid, Jason. We're going to have you on soon. You know that I'm not. I was dropped on my head as a baby. So I love you, Jason. Make sure to go watch Fearless with Jason Whitlock, guys. Go check it out. He's a pimp on a blimp. Real G, as we say. You're a top G, Jason. Prime time. Thanks for letting me grind. (laughs) Anytime. All right, folks, what a great interview. I love Jason. He's not just an incredible broadcaster, but he's just a nice guy. He's like spits his spits the truth, as they say. I like it because it's unfiltered. A lot of these sports broadcasters now, like he was saying, it's like they're not given a script, but they're just kind of like coddled into giving whatever the uh, approved opinion is. So I like a guy that doesn't worry about getting his opinion pre-approved. All right, so before we bring on our next guest, we have a very special message from our producer, JVT who's recovering from injuries that uh, he sustained from a waterboarding incident. Hello. I was waterboarded on a recent episode of Primetime with Alex Stein. I was being a bad producer and needed to learn my lesson. However, after being tortured on a live stream, I have reconsidered my worldviews. I used to support George W. Bush and his use of waterboarding to interrogate terrorists. However, after my experience, I disavow these tactics and would not wish this cruelty on even the most evil human beings. Terrorists like Bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, and even Dylan Mulvaney do not deserve to be waterboarded. This brings me no joy, as I consider George W. Bush to be my very best friend. I'm thankful to have a host who is willing to discipline me when I'm being bad. Thank you. And John Doyle is a psychopath who took waterboarding way too seriously. Wow, that was really beautiful, Jimmy, and I'm so happy, excuse me, JVT, I'm so happy that you learned your lesson and you were able to make that video, not forced by anybody here, but you made that on your own free will. There was no sort of hostage situation or Anybody on the other side of the camera holding a gun, your head. All right, so, hey, waterboarding works. All right, guys. Now we have an incredible guest. Obviously, he's way bigger than primetime 99 Alex Stein. The reason why I say that is because if it wasn't for Mark Dice, I wouldn't have this show that you're watching right now. And you're like, what? I know that's kind of a general way of saying it. Mark made a call to action video encouraging people to go subscribe to my channel. My channel went from 10,000 subs to over 100,000 subs in one week, changing the whole trajectory of my life, getting me basically on the Tucker Carlson show, and really, like I said, in a roundabout way, getting me the show that you're watching today. So with all that being said, I want to welcome on probably the best creator on all of YouTube. That one of like, like I say this, guys, he's not just a... I'm here. I owe him dearly because he helped me personally. So I know you guys want to talk about, you know, politics and all this stuff. I just want to talk about how much I owe you. So, Mark, welcome to the show. And I, I don't know if you heard that intro. I just talked about how I owe you all this. This blimp would not exist if it wasn't for Mark Dice. Well, my everything's going according to plan. You know, I saw some talent. I saw a cultural weapon that needed to be deployed, that needed a little boost. And so... Uh, I'm glad to have played a part in that. You know, I mean, it's just, it's great to see. You know, just yesterday I was watching the Clown News Network. I watch CNN so that you don't have to. And I hear some heckler uh, heckling them, as should happen every time they're seen in public during a live shot. And, of course, it turned out to be you. So very proud of everything that you're doing. Absolutely fantastic. Just, 
I don't even really have any advice for you, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're the you're the cultural Kraken, and you've been set loose on the American media, and it's fantastic to watch. So okay, well, you're being too nice, but Mark, some of your your videos are the best on the entire internet. I'm not here with my knee pads on to just kiss your butt, but you going around offering people a Hershey's bar, like $1,000 worth of gold or silver, uh, you know, you put these people in these weird social predicaments, like what would you do? And 99% of the time, they pick the wrong answer. So like, you're kind of the original culture jammer when it comes to that content. So explain to that, like, why is that so effective, just being a man on the street? Why is that content so successful? I think because it gives people an insight into a world that maybe they're not living in themselves, you know, because social media is not real life. You see so many crazy people on the Internet and it doesn't seem to be real sometimes. And some of my cameramen actually have thought that I was one of those fake pranksters, that we were staging things and that this was just made up. And every one of them gets their mind blown. And even my mind is blown a lot of times. You know, for people who haven't seen them, there's a whole playlist you know, on my YouTube channel, you can come and check them out. But these people walk among us, and there's many of them, and they don't know anything. I think what's worse than people who don't know anything are the people who assign the petition to do crazy things like arrest the unvaccinated. You know, and even I think in 2015, I did a petition to arrest Donald Trump because, as you know, I can see things coming. I can see the patterns. I can see all of the New World Order uh, emerging, trying to, you know, shout from the rooftops about it 15 years ago about what was coming. But too many conservatives were too cowardly and didn't have a backbone, didn't stand up against it. And so now it is that we're here. But people signed a petition to arrest Donald Trump back in 2015 just because I said he was saying mean things about immigrants. You know, just let's put him in jail for hate speech and they wouldn't do it. So, I mean, these are the people who would sign a petition to arrest you for being unvaccinated, sign a petition to repeal the First Amendment, who are going to probably be on the jury for uh, President Trump. No, you're pro- slow news today. Today, by the way, I don't know if you know what we what we have to talk about. No, we got to get it. Bad. We, we should be shouting from the rooftops. You know, instead of tuning into CNN or or Fox News and watching them like this is just unprecedented. I can't believe. I want to see Tucker Carlson go Alex Jones. <laughs> you know, I want to see him start dropping some f bombs because I mean, this is it's not funny. You know, I think I, I'm really kind of in shock still. I think we all are as a nation. You know, you wake up this morning and you heard, oh, he's getting arrested, and then talking about it for seven years, but now that it's actually finally happened. The ramifications of this are so serious. I don't know if you want to get into that. No, I want to get into it. No, but, but tell us, so is this Trump versus the deep state? Because you talk about it. We talk about the Mockingbird media. We talk about how basically the CIA is in every single aspect of our television, media, radio, film, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just, I mean, we can, we can keep reiterating all of the uh, conspiracy cliches, but this does seem like the deep state is coming after Donald Trump. So what do you think is actually happening? And is this meant to do like, I guess, destroy America? Great. I think this is meant to destroy America, make us look as weak as the country as possible in order to gain more global dominance. That's what I think. Well, we're a failing society as it is. I mean, we're failing financially. We're failing intellectually, morally. You know, I mean, just in the last couple of years, we've seen the drag queens go from where they belong um, well, I guess they belong in the Jerry Springer show, but, if, you know, the gay bars, the gay clubs to now into the elementary school. So this is Sodom and Gomorrah level stuff that, that we're experiencing, man. So, of course, it's the deep state. It's going to bog him down for the next few years. I think what's going to happen is he, he may he may get let off of the hung jury. There might be one person on the jury that says, you know, it's, uh, they're never going to go for this. This is probably just the first indictment of several. OK, so worst case scenario, you'll get convicted. And it's going to take a couple of years. And then the next president, whether it's a Republican, probably won't be a Republican, um, Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom or whoever it will be, will probably then offer him clemency. Okay, not a pardon, because that means that you have committed no crime. Clemency is basically just cutting your sentence short. So I think what will probably happen is if he gets convicted, the next president will offer him clemency. So he doesn't actually have to go to jail. But then he'll say, "Okay, you know what? He's you know he's had this hanging over his head for the rest of his life. We've proven that he's a terrible criminal." You know, actually, I, I have a I have a theory about this because it's not just it's not to cover up the affair, the alleged affair, to hide that from the voters or even from his wife. I think that Donald Trump was just embarrassed about having sex with a five. 
<laughs> well, okay. I mean, she's not that hot, but I, and, and dude, let's just be real. Nobody cares. Even on the left, nobody cares. Even if he did have an affair with Stormy Daniels. So I, I, that's what bugs me the most is, but, but you're talking about a president giving him clemency. Don't you think they would have to do that? I mean, Joe Biden has done way worse than, than Donald Trump. I mean, Hillary Clinton's done way worse. Barack Obama, way worse. Don't you think that they're setting a terrible precedent for future, you know, litigation towards sitting presidents or ex-presidents? Republicans could have done this. And, you know, even while it was fun to chant locker up and Hillary Clinton probably should have been charged with crimes. There was sort of an unwritten rule where you just don't go there. It just causes so much chaos because it unleashes, you know, a, a sort of World War Three politically. And then it can be, you know, mutual assured destruction mad. And that's why we don't get into a nuclear war, because whoever starts it is just going to ruin it for everybody. But because the Democrats have no morals, because they're just ruthless soulless, evil, really. I mean, that's what they are. They have crossed the line. And so, I mean, we really should start indicting Hunter Biden for the laptop, for the uh, anything, you know, anything. Just start fishing around, just, pay, you know, fight fire with fire. But I don't think that the Republicans are going to do that because they actually play fair and the Democrats don't. And so, in a sense, this was like a, you know, a backyard uh, fight, you know, after school. And then the Democrats pulled a knife. And it should have just been a fair fight. So it, I, I really think like it, it's going down. I mean, there's there's no way that the country's going to recover from this financially, morally. Like I said, it's just this quickening. The things that were small, isolated instances just a few years ago have now become mainstream. So it is like the Twilight Zone. I mean, there's no analogy that's crazy enough to really describe what it is that's going on, which is why I think your show is important, because we're going to need someone to entertain us as the empire continues to crumble. And I mean, you have been more effective in waking people up than most of your brand name conservatives because you got the guts and you'll address the issues that all these people are afraid to address. You know, I might you might you risk having me on because I might forget that this is an actual interview that we're on YouTube, that you have these thought police and the terms of service. And, you know, I might just feel like we're just two friends hanging out talking and I might mention some things without kind of articulating it in the proper way to avoid being canceled. Like, you know, I mean, black people are 13% of the population commit 50% of the crime, you know, things like that. So you do risk having me on. Yeah, we risk a lot of stuff, but we just want to say that. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Thank you. I have uh, AstraZeneca and we just want to say the vaccine is very safe and effective and everybody should get three doses of it. No, 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 no. But Mark, I I love it. I actually like when you're controversial. Please keep going. The algorithms don't understand sarcasm. So if I do, you know, kind of approach that line or cross it, just do what you did, just sarcastically say, no, it's totally normal for drag queens to be recruiting children. It's totally, you know, nothing wrong about that at all. The AI doesn't detect sarcasm yet. And so as it gets smarter, we'll see what ChatGPT does. BuzzFeed is already using it. I think CNET, one of the you know big tech blogs, was using it. So as AI becomes more human level intelligent, uh, we'll we'll see you know how that fares. But for now, we're good. You're right. Just um, there's nothing wrong at all with uh, <laughs> everything's great. No, no, no. But Mark, you lo- you talk about AI. I actually was just reading about it. It's all the top telecommunications company. Let me preface this by saying this is why I. I know that they can strap a gun onto one of those robot dogs and have it walk up to your house and shoot you. I know that that's possible, but that would be, man, my point is this. Every single telecommunications company spends millions of dollars in order to try to make their their automated voice answering services sound realistic. And it doesn't matter how much money they spend, a human can always tell they're speaking to a robot. So my point is they can't artificially recreate how we speak as human beings. So we'll always know that we're talking to a robot. I guess my point is, I'm not as afraid of artificial intelligence as most people are. I'm more afraid of the metaverse and transhumanism convincing people to plug themselves into a quote unquote computer because you're only gonna live for 75 years on earth, but in the metaverse, you live for a thousand years. So I think that is the scary dystopian artificial intelligence, but I'd like to hear what is the biggest threat from AI in your opinion? You know, I, th- I think it could be deep fakes because just in the last few months, we've seen deep fake video, deep fake audio. That's extremely hard to tell that it's fake unless they have the, the tools and actually look at it forensically, which they'll have at some point. You know, at some point, there's going to be a company that can detect it. They're going to work with Facebook and Twitter and all the big platforms, and it's going to scan every video that's uploaded, just like YouTube does for copyrighted material. You know, if you upload a, a, a video clip from a movie, it's more than 10 seconds or something, it automatically gets detected. Because they put a 
you know, content ID fingerprint on that. So they're going to have to, and I'm sure that they're working on it, put systems like that in place so that you can tell whether or not something is fake. Because we've seen a couple really good quality deepfake audio uh, clips come out. I don't know if you've seen these, one of Joe Biden talking about trans people. There's the one about um, Joe Rogan, and this is actually a couple years old, but then there was a new one where he was talking about the hockey team with chimps. Somebody just put together a fake song using the sound, uh, the voice of Jay-Z. What about all the porn? Have you seen that where they're getting the popular Twitch streamers and putting them on uh, deep fake pornography? Yeah, and, and how do you stop it? I don't think that you can. Even though it's it can be detected to be fake, it's just, it's like Pandora's box has been opened. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And these are too powerful of tools that used to be used and somewhat, you know, let's, let's even just argue it's somewhat, you know, responsibly regulated or not, not regulated, but just overseen by a Hollywood studio. You know, it used to take a whole team of people and who knows how many computers to do the same kind of graphics that some idiot can do on their laptop in, you know, 20 minutes. So nobody would act that unethically, uh, you know, in a Hollywood studio to put something out like that. But now just any idiot can do that online. So we're, we're in the brave new world, man. I'm actually surprised that the deep fake Donald Trump, you know, supposed N-word tape didn't come out in the last election cycle. But apparently that maybe the technology wasn't quite as good as it is now. But have you seen or have you heard these songs where somebody, you know, Puts out a song. Wiz Khalifa's voice. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I heard one. It was they got Kanye West to sing a Wiz Khalifa song, and it sounded exactly like yeah. Kanye West singing that song. You're like, what in the world? So now these artists are going to get their jobs taken. I mean, and, and you look at the deep fake art. Like now, even a, 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 an actual physical artist is getting their job taken away by actual computers. But this is the thing, Mark. In America, the reason why I believe that we're supporting Ukraine so much is that we only produce bombs and guns, basically, you know, Halliburton, Raytheon. So World War III, is it going to happen? I think it's almost inevitable, inevitable because we benefit so much financially from the military-industrial complex. I don't know, because the weapons are so powerful now that it would cause irreversible damage to large segments of the continent. So I, I don't think even if— Russia they drop a nuke? You think they'll drop a nuke? I don't think they will. I could be wrong. Um— you know, I didn't think that they would actually indict Trump. I figured that they would back off and realize that it would just boost him. And, you know, Fat Alvin sort of threw everybody for a, for a, a head fake there when he announced that the grand jury was going to take a couple of weeks off. And it looked like, OK, he was, you know, must have got the phone call and said, listen, just don't do this. It's going to cause too much backlash. It's going to make them look good. But they, they actually did. So, I mean, maybe they will. I don't think so. And I don't worry about it because, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, it's, if you get hit by, you know, driving down the freeway, there's nothing you could do about that. Right. So why worry about it all the time? Just take the, you know, the usual precautions. Wear your seatbelt. Just be careful. I don't think so. But then again. Nobody knows because Putin could be totally psychotic and he's isolated so much that the only way to stop him would be for one of his own internal people to, you know, uh, take care of him. And so who knows? But I don't I don't worry about it. You know, we've we've lived through 9-11. And I mean, I remember even thinking back then and the, the media was largely to blame for this about all the things that Al Qaeda could do. And every day it was they could do this. They could attack this. They could do. And a lot of those were actually plausible attacks, which caused you to kind of freak out a little bit because it didn't wouldn't take, you know, a, a lot of preparation or a lot of materials. It just takes some psycho that was truly dedicated to, to the cause, which obviously they were, um, you know, the uh, government handled uh, people who were involved in that. But you're not supposed to talk about that. But, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. But as far as like the, the culture war goes, I mean. You know, people are finally talking about a, a national divorce, which we probably should. I think the country should break into three or four. Yeah, but you're in California, Mark, so you're, you're going to go with the bad mom. You're going to get the abusive parent in the, in the divorce. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm here because of the weather until further notice. At some point, I'm going to eject and leave this godforsaken state. And I have you know, plan B, plan C worked out. But you know, not all of California is like San Francisco or Los Angeles, particularly where I'm at. It's 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 fairly, fairly normal. But if the big cities are where it's just going to be totally insane. I mean, it's just it's spiraling out of control. It's worse than words can actually describe. And it's not only the Republic, it's not only the Democrats, the Freudian slip there. It is the Republicans, not only the Democrats, but it's also, I think, the cowardly Republicans, which have got us to this way, which is why I'm critical of a lot of the brand name conservatives who still aren't talking about Operation Mockingbird. Still, for seven years, we're talking about the deep state and Donald Trump and the, you know, the government uh, you know, conspiring to get them in the intelligence agencies. But, I mean, name me 
anybody who has mentioned Operation Mockingbird on their show ever. I mean, it's literally like Glenn Greenwald did it on Tucker Carlson once, and he was so excited about himself. You sh- I don't know if you saw that clip, but he mentioned it, and he told people to Google it, and he was like, oh, oh, yeah, Operation Mockingbird. And I was happy for him, too, because nobody has ever mentioned it. But other than that, nobody has really talked about it. And so I, I think the brand-name Republicans have been so cowardly, particularly with the culture war stuff, that they have had no backbone, which has caused the culture to slip. Well, you know, crazy Alex Jones, and even myself, I mean, going back, you know, 10 years, 15 years on YouTube, a lot of the stuff that us early independent YouTubers were talking about, when it would be an isolated incident or when a couple things started happening, happening, we were concerned that it was going to start boiling over and change the culture. And we started screaming about it 10, 15 years ago. And now it just last year, it just completely boiled over. So I'm not sure if the pendulum is going to start swinging back the opposite direction or if we're just going to permanently be in like a a split culture because everything's so fractured now anyway. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit older than you, but when I was in high school, you know, still there was cable TV, but you still had like your major television shows that a significant portion of the population watched. So when you'd come to school on like a Monday after the weekend, you know, you had a large segment that watched the football game, a large segment that watched In Living Color, which is where uh, Jim Carrey got his start. Mm-hmm. You maybe a lot of people watched, you know, some of the popular shows from the 90s. You had a third of the students would have watched that show. So we all had this sort of you know, pop culture commonality. Whereas now there's a million of everything. There's a million streamers, a million cha- YouTube channels. People just spend, you know, they're even scrolling through Instagram or doing whatever. Watch people play video games on Twitch. So you have the, the, the culture, the pop culture has been so fractured that your average American has a difficult time finding, you know, some commonality with their peers or with their neighbors. Uh, and especially now that the Democrats, the Marxist media have been eroding, you know, the foundations of America, the things that you know we all used to have in common, regardless of your interests or your hobbies, you know, loving America, celebrating the Fourth of July, things like that. Now we have Black Lives Matter complaining about Fourth of July every year and slavery, and they won't stop whining about things that happened 150 years ago that have no bearing on them today whatsoever. So. It's I'm very worried, <laughs> you know, about the country as a whole. But I think the the fractured segments that are normal um, are, are going to dig in and they're, they're going to finally start resisting even more and speaking out against all this crap. Because it's been it's been hard. You know, a lot of the brand names, the supposed culture warriors that that should have been denouncing a lot of this stuff have been afraid to do it because they don't want to seem like a conspiracy theorist. You know, they don't want to be called a homophobe. And so now it's phobic. Yeah, every phobic. Yes, exactly. But but Mark, I got to cut you off because you made a great point, though. I was just reading about advertisers today. You were talking about water cooler content. It used to be like after the Seinfeld show, the finale, everybody was talking about it. But now advertisers don't even know where to spend their advertising dollars. You look at CNN, their ratings are going in the tank. As a matter of fact, advertisers are saying that the only thing that is left that we're all culturally, you know, kind of cognizant of, for lack of a better word, like you're saying, you could say the zeitgeist or collective consciousness, are live sports. That's the only effective advertising because that's the only kind of, uh, you know, way we meet in the middle. So you're right. Now we're just over inundated with content. We don't even really have a channel. So it just fractures us more. And what you just said was exactly what the advertising companies are saying. And, you know, as, as popular as you are, as popular as I am in our, you know, niche market, and it, it is kind of a niche that, that we have, despite, you know, how, how popular we may think that we are. If you really look at it compared to, you know, certain streamers or, just certain I come across just from working with my T-shirt distributor. They'll mention a couple channels that they work with people I've never heard of that aren't in the news, the pop culture genre. You know, some girl does arts and crafts. OK, and I was just curious. And my T-shirt distributor told me about, oh, yeah, we're working with this girl. I'm like, I never heard of her. You know, and she's the top seller in the company. I went and looked her up. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, you know, she's just some girl that does arts and crafts. She's like in her early 20s and just, you know, paints stuff, makes things, you know, like a kind of a young Martha Stewart type of a person. And she's got 10 million followers. And, you know, some of these um, lifestyle vloggers have and streamers who are huge stars 
who I've never heard of, you've never heard of. You, you, I mean, you've heard of some of them, obviously, but it's so fractionalized where you find somebody and they'll have 10 million subscribers and you know a million people checking every one of their videos, average view, and it's like, I've never heard of this person, but they're a huge star, you know. Because I mean, you get when you're getting a million views per video, that's a big star. I mean, that's CNN's, you know, get maybe four hundred thousand people, but but they pop, they're propped up, you know, in the false system. So it's hard to have a unifying culture now because we don't have unless you're into the same sport or you know watching the same show. And what are the odds that you know you and some of the people at at work are going to be interested in watching the same television show when there's a million shows on cable, a million shows on Netflix, and Hulu, and Apple? You know, so it, it's kind of hard. It's it's a double-edged sword. You know, you can have whatever you want. Everybody has their voice. But now it's hard to find have a unifying culture, which I think may be part of the reason why they can infiltrate and and undermine the traditional family values. Because you got some of these tr you know transgender bloggers and the male makeup artists who are huge stars, who you know most people have never heard of other than their audience. The the parents of the kids who are watching them have never heard of them. And you go and see their channel, and it's like. 20 million subscribers that this person has, but you know, some dude putting on makeup, <laughs> you know, like it's horrifying. So I, I don't know. We, we, we need you. We got to get you to a million subscribers, a million views. Mark, I wouldn't have any subscribers if it wasn't for you, but, but let, forget about numbers because let's talk about engagement. Your YouTube channel gets more engagement than CNN. You, you make fun of Brian Stelter. You outlasted Brian Stelter. You're still on top. You're still one of the top guys on YouTube and you're a person that I look up to and I want to emulate. So before you go, Mark, what is one of the most controversial things you want to say? Now you have the blaze, you have carte blanche. Before you go, say something controversial. And please come on again. I know you're super busy. I know you don't do hardly any interviews. So thank you. I'm from the bottom of my heart. But leave us with something spicy, uh, you know, before you go. You know, it might be time for the queers to get back in the closet. <laughs> wow. But wait, wait, Mark, I got to say this. I was just trying to formulate a joke. Somebody told me it used to be a big deal to come out as gay in Hollywood. Now it's a bigger deal to come out as conservative in Hollywood. So That's way bigger. That's dangerous. That's a career killer right there. I mean, you're, you're finished. Yeah, so, so if you're a conservative, stay in the closet. If you're gay, let your freak flag fly is what they want. So you want to do the opposite. You can be proud to be conservative. Go back in the closet if you want to bang. I'm tired of hearing them. You know, just, just stay away from sports. Stay away from the beer commercials. Just They can do their thing. They can have their fun. But I'm just, you know, I, I think I speak for a lot of people. It's like, okay, enough is enough. <laughs> I, I want my you know, Bud Light. I'm tired of hearing from you. Yeah, I just want my Bud Light sold to me not from a transvestite. If that's too much to ask for, I'm sorry. Sorry, Bud Light, but I don't need a transvestite selling me your beer. All right, Mark, you're a legend, you're a beast, and I'm indebted to you for life. Thank you again, my friend, for making time out of your busy schedule. And keep dominating. You guys are – go follow Mark. Obviously, he's much bigger than me, but tell him I sent you. Please do that and say something nice. Mark, talk to you again soon. Thank you, my friend. You're the great work, bro. All right, guys, that was the incredible Mark Dice, and I said it a bunch. I know I kept kissing his butt. If it wasn't for Mark, he's the one that put me on the map. Literally, I was doing the culture jamming. I was, at, you know, doing videos, but it wasn't until Mark made a call-to-action video. He didn't just make a video reacting. All these other influencers and conservatives, they all react to my content, or a lot of them have. But nobody at the end of their video said, go follow Alex Stein. He's going to blow up. And it, Mark was right because Mark is a beast. So thank you so much for coming on. I hope you guys liked in the chat. We didn't get to enough of Mark's clips because we just were talking the whole time. So maybe that'll be an excuse for me to get him back on the show. All right, guys. But before we go, some big freaking news. Primetime 99, the LSU Tiger himself, my alma mater, was able to go all the way to the NCAA championship and take home the trophy. And you'll notice that Kim Mulkey is wearing a, uh, a, a tiger-striped jacket, similar to a jacket that my producer would wear because he went to a university full of losers called Princeton. So, Jimmy, before you go, how did Princeton's women's team do in the NCAA tournament? Well, they, they made it to the second round, but do you know how hard it is to find a nerd who also has a tall vertical, like... They almost don't exist. Well, if at LSU, this thing is, is we don't have any sort of academic requirements. So if Princeton was so smart, they would drop their academic requirements. But since everybody has to be a brainiac nerd to go there, that's why you guys think of basketball. So real quick, is it a bigger deal to win the championship or make it to the second round? 
Um, probably winning the championship, but I'll turn that. Is it a bigger deal to graduate from LSU or from Princeton? I'll tell you where it is because LSU is a state school. Mm-hmm. It's a school of the people. It's not one of these Ivy League elitist asshole schools yep. that most people don't even want to go to because everybody there is gay or bisexual <laughs> or transsexual that wants to try to gender mutilate your child. So God bless the state of Louisiana. God bless the state institutions that taught yours truly how to read at an eighth grade level. Mm -hmm. So Jimmy, not everybody gets to be a loser and stink at basketball like the Princeton Tigers. So if you're a pimp on a blimp, you like the real Tigers from LSU, baby. So you know what? We did it. We took home the championship while you spent all your money going there to watch your poor Tigers lose. When I watch, my Tigers win. Go figure. But hey, I'm a pimp on a blimp for a reason. I hope you enjoyed the show. Right. But we end the show the same way every time with a freestyle finale. So, DJ, hit the beat. Yo, that was the show. Now it's time I got to go to a movie premiere. Might have a beer. If I get sad, I might cry a tear. I'm on a blimp. I am the pimp. Mark Dice was eating rice. Jason Whitlock was super nice. You know, I'ma say it two times, cause I'm prime time committing crimes. 99 on the grid. All the time, I love you, Mark. I love you, Jason. Thank you for watching the show. Please like and subscribe, please.